I think people have a lot of interest in the fact that your company is so successful um, and is a family-run business, you right. know, and I, I think that's really a wonderful thing, um, based in Parma, Italy, but of course with global reach. Um, and, you know, at Startup Health, we talk a lot about mindsets and what mindsets um, entrepreneurs need to have in order to succeed. And, and really with all other factors being equal, a positive or negative mindset uh, or one with or without commitment could make the difference of, of failure or success. Do right. you feel that at Chiesi, with your family and your team, there are certain mindsets that, that you all have adopted that have led to your success? Yeah, so first of all, it's a great question. Um, it's certainly true that we have a common mindset across the company, and I think there are probably two or three things that we all have in common that, that we share. Number one, we do not just pursue growth for the sake of growth. We want to pursue sustainable and sustained growth. I think sustained is self-explanatory, but sustainable for us means that we ju just don't care only about maximizing shareholder value, or we don't just care about taking the product to the patients. We care about society at large and nature and the environment, and uh, we try to make the best use of uh, resources in this way, in a circular way that make such utilization of resources sustainable for the planet. Um, second thing is, we are go-getters. We're very entrepreneurial as people. Each and every one of our employees is a go-getter. And we pursue our objectives and our goals relentless. And we never, ever give up until we get that thing done. And I think the third aspect is that we are very open-minded as a company and as people. We are truly committed to innovation and we're very open to embrace new technologies, state-of-the-art technologies that are probably now, you know, that's, that's a good time to speak about new technologies and it's a momentous time to bring a, a new innovation to the patients. That's great. Um, well, we're obviously very excited to partner with Kiesi and one of the initiatives that we can announce here today together um, is that we, you know, Kiesi has, has some, some great therapeutic areas of focus being respiratory, neonatology, an amazing life-saving drug for, right. for newborn infants um, that, that just blew my mind when you were telling me about it. Um, and also rare diseases, a, an area that is very underserved in terms of research, in terms of new solutions. Um, and so we're announcing together a call for innovations uh, to the ecosystem to look for solutions around rare diseases. I'd love if you could share a little bit more about what we're looking for, um, how you could potentially integrate uh, solutions at Kiesi, but you know, what kinds of solutions around rare diseases are, are going to be hitting the mark? Right. So first of all, um, thanks for the call for innovation. I think it's a great initiative and we're thrilled to be able to be an active part to it. And as you correctly stated, Katya, uh, rare diseases is uh, one of the pillars for uh, our company's growth in the future. And so when we think about uh, rare diseases, what we want to address is the entire patient journey. Um, it's, um, I think it's time that everyone realizes that uh, the healthcare industry is now changing and it's not just about providing a pharmaceutical product to the patients, but it's providing a full-blown pharmaceutical solution or a full-blown solution to the patients that addresses the patient's physiological needs, the patient's behavioral needs, um, in case there are any. If I think about COPD, you know, behavior meaning smoking and uh, 
um, you know, the, the causality between smoking and COPD is, is a clearly um, an evidence of behavioral needs in that case. Um, and I think if you want to be part of the solution as opposed to being part of the problem, you also need to address the deficiencies of the system of care which surrounds the patients. So in terms of rare diseases, uh, um, there are a lot of companies that are now focusing on rare diseases which are larger and perhaps even more successful than us. Uh, so we take a very humble part in, in this game, but that doesn't mean that we're not bold and that doesn't mean that we're not here to serve the patients, quite the opposite. When we think about rare diseases and we think about the solutions, we think about um, bringing to the patients new technologies that simplify the communication between the patients, the patient's families, the physicians, and the patient's community to be able to reduce the issue of disease unawareness. A lot of these rare diseases are um, pretty much unknown. I'm thinking about a disease that we are now treating with uh, um, the first enzyme replacement therapy that was ever approved, LAMZ, alpha-minocytosis is the name of the disease. Um, we can only count 200, 250 patients on the planet with that disease, but number of patients doesn't, is not important for us. It doesn't matter to us. What matters to us is the patients, and uh, increasing uh, the disease awareness is important. Second thing uh, um, that we want to do is improve uh, via protocols or in other ways, the disease diagnosis. Um, it normally takes uh, between five and seven years uh, to get to the right diagnosis if you have a very rare disease, and that's clearly a societal problem. And number three, it's important to be able to monitor carefully the evolution of the disease. And I believe we're now seeing um, a certain level of maturity in uh, some technologies that will help us better track and monitor the evolution of the disease for these patients. That's great, and I can't wait to see you know, what companies come out of the woodworks as we put this campaign into action. Um, and so when companies think about, okay, great, I want to apply uh, to the Startup Health Moonshot Academy, uh, part of this program, I want to work with KIAZ. Uh, you, you, in our recent issue of the magazine, you and your colleague, Amaya, um, penned a really interesting article about, you know, what does it mean to partner with a mid-sized pharma company? Everybody goes for the giants right? And uh, because the names are just, you know, there's more awareness. Um, but there's some really unique advantages for companies, whether they're startups or otherwise, to partner uh, with a mid-sized pharma with an appetite for risk or an ability to experiment. Uh, what are some of the things that you, that you all highlighted for those that didn't read that? Sure. So, uh, first of all, I, I'd like to... Um, give a lot of credit to Amelia, who is the actual author of that, of that piece. <laughs> uh, I probably wrote 5% of it, so he okay. deserves all of the credit. Um, second thing um, that I'd like to make as a preamble is that uh, what I'm about to say uh, is not to be regarded as, or, or conceived of as a detriment to our competitors uh, or larger companies, uh, quite the opposite. Uh, a lot of the startup health portfolio companies uh, might think that larger companies and non-mid-sized companies uh, or large companies in general are better partners, and uh, that's totally fair. Uh, with all of that said, I think there are a few advantages of partnering with mid-sized companies. I think the first one is that you're looking at um, very focused use cases and user experiences, so to say. Um, mid-sized companies by nature, tradition, history, are focused on few therapeutic areas, um, normally two, three, perhaps four therapeutic areas. They're not focusing on 10, 12 different therapeutic areas. And because of their tradition and history, they are normally focused on some, and 
only some specific geographical regions. So because of that, you're looking at a much more focused and use, ca use case, which um, in a lot of cases uh, is helpful if you're thinking about a soft launch, a pilot before you, you go towards a larger patient population. Um, another aspect that I believe is, is worth mentioning here is mid-sized companies um, are, at least in our experience, uh, um, you know, you're less likely to face headwinds and you're less likely to face a lot of internal politics with mid-sized companies. Mid-sized companies have to take care of business as much as large companies have to do, but mid-sized companies have a lot more limited bandwidth. So they, they really care about what they do in every single moment. And therefore, um, it's probably likely that you're not going to find a lot of politics and a lot of headwinds and a lot of different ranks that you have to go through to, to get the deal done with, uh, with mid-sized companies. And then I think lastly, and that's certainly, I believe certainly true for family businesses, with mid-sized companies you tend to have a bit more longevity of vision, uh, mission, uh, strategy, uh, leadership teams. Um, it's just that uh, particularly family businesses tend to be focus more on the longer-term prospects of businesses. And many of them are not publicly listed, so um, a company like Kiesi, you know, we're not focused on the next quarterly report. We can really, truly maximize the value for the partner because what we care about is the actual value that is generated over the long term for the asset from the partnership. Mm -hmm. So it was a year ago that Kiesi and Startup Health actually met at the festival right. and began our conversation. And I think it was early in the spring, you and I met for the first time. Um, and this was Kiesi's first investment in digital health, uh, the Startup Health Fund, so, uh, which I think is, is, is very exciting and a, a great way to put your, your, not just your toe, your foot in the water, um, right. maybe your whole leg. Um, so I know this year you've seen a lot of different companies, solutions, uh, you've been you know, reviewing lots of deals. What have you learned about this space in the last year that you found exciting or even surprising? So I think what we've learned in the last year or so by looking at the opportunities is, um, number one, that as a pharmaceutical company, we have a certain mindset that I've alluded to before, and that's a very different mindset than smaller companies which are focused on a different industry. Um, for example, technology. Um, the lingo, the, the jargon, the vocabulary is different. The way we operationalize our procedures and our solutions and the SOPs um, that help us get solutions and products to the patients is different than what technology companies do. Uh, definitely different. And the other aspect is that from, always from a mindset standpoint, uh, we conceive of risk in a very different way. Um, I think if I if I can summarize the risk orientation culture that we have at Chiesi, that's, I don't know if that's different um, than most of the technology companies out there, but the way we look at risk is you can't run away from risk. You just can't. You know, the, if your philosophy and your mission is pursue opportunity, then you're pursuing risk. You shouldn't run away from risk. You should attack risk. And when you attack risk, that means you should go in and demolish it by decomposing it into uh, its its pieces, its components, and uh, tackle the components one by one. So the way we generate value is exactly this, by, uh, by taking risk and attacking it as opposed to running away from it. Um, I've seen a lot of companies uh, do quite the opposite over time. And uh, when you're a smaller company, you can't just run away from risk. Just embrace it and demolish it. 
And I think the last part, the part is about failure. Um, failure can be lethal for a mid-sized company. It can also be lethal for a small company. I think it's important to realize that it doesn't really matter how many times you fail um, because, you know, let me just open up the door for perception here. It's not likely that you will fail. It's a certainty you are going to fail. Everybody's going to fail at some point. The question is not really whether you're going to fail or not. The question is how quickly are you going to get back up and fight for what do you, th what do you think it's, a, it's, it's valuable to fight for? And I think those are the things that um, I've seen differentiated us from some of the companies we looked at. I love that. I love the uh, attacking failure, not running from it, and getting back up. I mean, that really speaks to the entrepreneurial mindset that you all have internally. I think that's something that we recognized um, in each other right away. Uh, so we're almost out of time here, and I'd love to ask you the same question I ended with Marco, which is, what is your personal health moonshot, uh, either for you personally or the one that you see that you know really speaks to you the most um, that you'd love to see uh, you know, achieved? A personal one is probably drive my rest heartbeat to 40. Okay. Right now it's about 60 and my blood pressure is good. It's about 110 over 60, so I'm doing okay. Um, but I'd like to move it down and become fully bradycardic and be happy about it and drive it to 40. Um, and then a second one is over the next two to three years be able to run a marathon. Okay. Those are great. Great uh, things to aspire to, and I, I don't doubt you'll do it. So thank you so, thank much. You so much for your partnership and for, for joining me on stage Absolutely. today. Thanks for having me.